Good morning, church. Oh, am I loud? Well, I will be if I'm not. Um, hey, good morning so far, hey. Have you had a good week as well? Have you enjoyed the snow? Who's ready for their kids to go back to school? Hey, I've had a, it's been a good week, though. It's been a good week, but um, yes, good to hear from God as well. And hey, when my mother-in-law comes and speaks, you listen, okay? I can confirm she's by far the best mother-in-law I've ever had. <laughs> she is wonderful. And I won't go on to any more mother-in-law jokes, despite having many. <laughs> but, but, no, I won't. It's just not worth it. She is a lovely woman. But, yes, bring the word in season and out of season, and I say yes and amen to that. We have uh, a gospel to preach. We have good news to bring. And um, this week I was, actually only yesterday I think it was, uh, I looked out and you know the rain was coming and uh, I, I kind of like snow but then I, I, I really hate the end bit where it just gets all slushy and disgusting and I was looking out my patio door and I just saw the slush and thought oh this is just horrible, I hate this bit. You know, how, how's this all ever going to go? And sometimes I feel like it can be, I, I'm, I'm like that with my sin in my life, and I look at stuff, and we can look at this stuff in our life, and we think, oh, how is this ever going to go? And we kind of beat ourselves up about that. But do you know what? Christ died for our sin once and for all, and for all eternity. He doesn't need to do it again, because he did it once and for all. And if you are in Christ, if you have given your life to Jesus, he dealt with it once and for all. You know, you don't need to keep impressing him. We all make mistakes. We, we slip up. But just be honest with him. Keep short accounts with him. If you're in Christ, you are covered by the blood. You don't have to impress him because somebody's already impressed him on your behalf. And that's Jesus on the cross. He died for you and for me. You just have to say, come in. Enter into my life. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you believe that? It's that simple. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus, that is that simple. Jesus, come in. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can. Great quote. Ian Lane says it all the time. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When you call on the name of the Lord, you can taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I encourage you to do that if you're here and you don't know Jesus? You would not consider yourself a Christian, but I, can, I urge you to call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, come in. Enter into my life. Do you know he entered into my life and it has never been the same. I am radically different as a result of Jesus coming in and entering into my heart. That His Holy Spirit poured into my heart and changed me forever. Can I encourage you to do that? I am a disciple of Jesus. And we are going back into our discipleship series about what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing that, um, looking at forgiveness. And today, um, if I can find my... We're looking at, it doesn't always 
can you go on to the next slide if possible? We're looking at what it is for disciples to, drum roll, or any roles, roles, talking of roles, disciples study. So I started talking about roles and, and started thinking about lunch and what are we here for? Oh yes, right, I remember. But today we're just going to, actually over the next couple of weeks, looking at the importance of disciples of Christ studying the Bible. It's the word of God. You want to know God better. You want to know him, these call on your life, what he's saying to you, looking for direction. Seek him through getting to know this book better. Jesus instructed his disciples to teach others to obey everything I've commanded you. Well, it's in this book. God's recorded his words and the testimony of Jesus and his followers in this book, the Bible. So for us as Christians, it should be nothing more natural than reading the Bible, but it doesn't always feel like that, does it? One of Jesus' disciples, Peter, compared it to a baby's natural craving for milk. He says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you've tasted the Lord is good. So if you want to grow up into your salvation, grow into maturity in Christ, get to know him through this book. See, when my kids were born, we didn't just give them milk at the beginning and go, there you go, off you go, get on with it. No, we gave them milk. Well, Gemma gave them milk. I don't have the right mechanics to do that. <laughs> But we gave them milk. We kept on, Gemma kept on feeding them. And they grew. And we weaned them onto proper food. You know, like sausages and stuff. <laughs> and that is like us. When you can start this Christian walk, we, we cross that line of faith. And we start with the spiritual milk. And it's in here. And, and we need to move on to, to meat as well. You need to... If you've been a Christian for a little while and you're still kind of skimming the surface, then I just encourage you to dig a little deeper because you'll get to know him better. There's power. As I, the word that came at, interpreted what Adam brought this morning. There's power in, in the name of Jesus and there's power in this book when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. There's power in this book to change your life through the work of the Holy Spirit. If you don't love the Bible, pray that you will. I pray that you will love the Bible. If we just stand back for a moment and think what it is, this book, it's the Word of God. The Word of God. Think about that for a minute. The all-knowing, all-powerful, transcendent creator of the universe has written to us. What could be more important? If you heard a voice from heaven right now, you'd want to respond, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, we all have a prophetic word, don't we? When God speaks... Love a prophetic word. 
oh, God spoke to me. Yeah, so-and-so brought this word. Yeah, love that. Great. Very nice. In fact, it was great. Recently came into eldership in the church. Lots of people brought prophetic words. Really helpful for us as a family about where we're going, direction, what God's calling us to. You know, really helpful to line up with all that we feel that God was saying anyway. But God has already spoken. God has already spoken to me through this as well. And we need to approach this with the same reverence. In more reverence, this is the word of God. Prophetic can be, people prophetic, people can get it wrong. This is the word of God. This book should shape our very existence, our behavior, our outlook, our worldview, everything. We need to hold it in the highest regard. And I don't know about you, but I can make all sorts of excuses of why not to read it. I can be an expert at not reading it. But I think we always find time to do what's important to us. We can, if you're like me, I'm probably speaking for myself here, so you're probably all a lot more holy than I am. Definitely, in fact, looking at you. Um, We can consume complete series on TV, box sets, spend hours on social media, play computer games. We can waste, all sorts of, waste our time on all sorts of things. Gardening. I mean, gardening's all right, but, you know, spend more time in the Word of God. And when it comes to the Word of God, we can, you know, I can take it or leave it. But let's just have a think right now about how big God is. Have a think right now. How big do you think he is? Just for a moment, in your mind, just picture how big he is. You're thinking, yeah, well, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. And he's calling us, he's speaking to us through this book. We're called as Christians to be fruitful, to grow to maturity, to be like, more like Christ. So how and what does scripture say about itself? If we could go to the next slide, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, from 16 to 17. All, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I don't know about you, but I need training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. He has prepared good works in advance for you. And you can be equipped for those good works by reading the word of God. That's what the Bible says about itself. All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture, some of it might be harder to understand than others, other bits, but all scripture is inspired by God. Next, um, I'm going to try this again, shall we? Should we see if it works? I'm pointing it in the right direction, aren't I? Well, okay, can you go on to the next slide? 1 Timothy 4. says this, have nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. Train yourself in godliness, for while physical training is of some value, 
I'm still working on that. Godliness is valuable in every way. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Have nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. Train yourselves in godliness. There's a lot to get to grips with when it comes to this book. 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, written by at least 40 different authors, inspired by God. Old Testament, New Testament, different types of literature, historical narrative, wisdom, law, poetry, prophecy, gospel, letters, and apocalyptic. It's a lot to get your head round. So when we come to it, it can be confusing and off-putting. Difficult to understand, but we mustn't let this deter us from reading the very word of God. I wanted, I got to a stage in my Christian life, I'd been a Christian for about five or six years, and I felt like I was just scratch, that's me scratching, scratching the surface. And I wanted to know more, I wanted to go deeper. And now this isn't for everybody, but I just felt God start to speak to me about going to Bible college, which is, for me, was bonkers, because I was the least academic person you'd ever likely to meet. I never studied at school, never revised for a single exam in my life. When, all, when the exams were on and people were revising, I thought, why, why, why do you do that? You're off school. You can go out and, you know, chase girls and things and play football and... Never did me any good, by the way. But God spoke to me about going to Bible college, and I I wanted to know more. And do you know what? That changed my life. Changed my life going to Bible college, and then I went on to do the leadership training through New Frontiers, which is now uh, the academy. But it changed me, because I got to know him better. I got to know who I was by reading this book, by digging deeper, And, you know, God might be calling you. If we could just go to the next slide. Um, New Ground, our bit, as Adam likes to describe it, of uh, New Frontiers, runs a thing called the Academy. And if if you feel God is calling you to leadership in the church or you're wanting to know more through the Scriptures, then I would really wholeheartedly uh, suggest you you apply for the Academy. The applications need to be in by the end of May. And the new uh, course starts in September. Um, Adam has done it. Paul McCormack is doing it. It's great, Paul, isn't it? Learning lots. Would really wholeheartedly suggest that you consider this. Come and speak to myself or Adam afterwards. But I learned a lot through doing this. Get Digging into the Word of God. Um, learned lots of words like hermeneutics, exegesis, contextualization. But what really I need to do is, and for you as well, is to break it down to basic questions of studying the Bible. What does it say? What does it mean? And how can I apply it to me now? And there are lots of different ways to help you understand the Bible. This, I brought, brought some uh, things to, for people to borrow. These are from our library downstairs, so not to take and keep. You can borrow, otherwise Jane will be knocking on your door. Um, 
This Bible here really helped me in my early days of reading the Bible. This is a life application study Bible. And at the bottom of the verses are little commentary bits to help me understand what it said and what it meant. I would, that was quite expensive. You can get cheaper ones now online, but it's really worthwhile, the investment, to get to know what the Scriptures are saying what, it's, what it meant then, what it meant now, and how you can apply it. Um, I'm going to send out an email tomorrow as well, recommending lots of people that you could listen to, books you can buy. These little books um, written by Fillmore, they're, quite, they're not particularly deep. They won't look at, he doesn't look at every Greek and um, Hebrew interpretation, but what it does is really help you understand what the scripture is saying and I find it really helpful to just see what verses he's covering in one particular chapter and then read that and then read what he will say alongside it because there's such life and power in this book it's worth the investment there's books by um, Tim Keller which are really helping me at the moment I'm reading uh, Romans 1 to 7 at the moment for you nearly finished it just about to move on to Romans 8 to 16, which my dear mother-in-law bought me for Christmas. She's a good woman, I told you. Really getting brownie points this morning. Um, they're needed, no. Um, but these books by Tim Keller have really, really helped me. I've just, I think I've uh, bigged up the one on Judges before. Really excellent. One of the best books I've um, read on a on a book of the Bible, it helped me understand myself, helped me understand where we are today. Um, excellent, excellent books. Tim Keller, really worth listening to. He helps me understand Scripture in a way that I thought I had. He unpacks things in a way that uh, I've not really come across before. He is excellent. What has really helped me is getting alongside other people who were further ahead of me, who, more, who knew more than I do. Helped me unpack things from the Bible. I listened to podcasts and preaching online. See, there's lots of different ways you can do this. It's not just about sit locking yourself away in a room and just reading the Bible and going, I must understand this. No, there's lots of different ways. And for me, listening to things, especially when I was uh, working on roofs and running my own business and stuff, listening to podcasts, and sermons online on the go really helped me. People, I listened, to, I think I've probably listened to every Terry Virgo sermon there's ever been. Um, and he has really helped me and shaped um, my view on things and shaped my life, actually. His preaching has shaped my life. I would th thoroughly, wholeheartedly encourage you to listen to Terry Virgo. Read his books. He's excellent. He's excellent. You can, it's so easy to do now. There's no excuse for you to get away from it because you can listen to it in your car on, on the go. Terry Virgo, Tim Keller, Andrew Wilson, another New Frontiers guy, really good, helpful things. Matt Chandler is a guy that Gemma and I are really keen on. Uh, he's a guy in America, runs a church in Dallas. He's just gone through a, a series, sermon series on Exodus. Just unpacked it. Really, really well, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, excellent preaching. 
D.A. Carson, Phil Moore, Nicky Gumble, R.T. Kendall, all of these people I will email out tomorrow and as recommendations for you because we want you to grow up into maturity in Christ. Some of you are more mature in Christ than me. But there's always, you can always go deeper with God. But get to know this book. Get to know him. The more you dig into this book, the more your eyes get focused on Jesus and the less on yourself. I don't know about you, but the more my eyes look less on myself and my own life, and the more I look on Jesus, the better my life is. Get your eyes on Jesus. Read this book. Dig in. Let this book as well challenge you and change you. Come to study the Bible for the right reasons, not to know it all. It's good to know Greek and Hebrew if it draws you closer to God. And I I kind of skimmed the surface really with my um, Bible college and leadership training. And it is really helpful because some words are different and we don't always get the full meaning. But it must draw you in to be in awe of him. If it doesn't change your heart, then I wonder why you do it. It's like I've given this example before. When my son, Elijah, he's seven years old, if he comes to me and I tell him to go and tidy his room, and he goes away, and then he comes back, and I say, son, do you tidy your room? General answer is no. Um, He said, but I remember what he said. I memorized it really well. I can even remember it in Greek. Yeah, but did you do it? Well, no, I didn't do it. You see, it's the same with us and Scripture. If we, if we don't hear the word and do it, then why? I'll say, son, go and tidy your room. Do what I've asked you to do. Do what he's asking us to do in this book. He wants to change your heart. We need to let this book change us. Act on what we read. Let it impact our lives. You know, over the last few weeks, I've been looking at forgiveness. We, this book tells us we need to be the most forgiving people on the face of the planet. We need to be marked out by forgiveness. Even those who have wronged us really badly. We need to be marked out by forgiveness because he instructs us to. Nicky Gumbel says in Alpha, not forgiving someone is like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die from it. We need to be marked out by joy. That's what it says as well in this book. We need to be marked out by joy. So on a Monday morning, tough day, Monday morning, are you marked out by joy or are you, oh, it's Monday, do I have to do this? What, do you, what would your work colleagues or the people around you say about you on a Monday morning? Would they say you are marked out by joy? I'm marked out by joy once I've done the school run on a Monday. <laughs> I am a work in progress. But I remember it when one of the first times reading the Bible really impacted my life. Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I thought, 
well, that's what I need to be like. This was an example for me, right, written down in front of me of what I need to be like. I remember um, the church used to, be, we used to have the chairs that way and the stage used to be over there. And I remember coming to the front and, and reading it out, you know, sort of all trembling and scared because I didn't like speaking in front of people, believe it or not. Um, and I read it and, and, and it changed me. It changed me. But... There's still a lot to go. There's still room for improvement. Just ask my wife. But I'm striving for that. I want to be more full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, be generous, be faithful, be gentle, and have self-control by getting to know him, by letting the Holy Spirit work inside me. To read this book and study this book and not let it impact you is like what it says in James 1, uh, 23 to 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. I think I can do that sometimes, forget what I look like, which is actually quite a blessing in my case, but... um, but I can read this and then just go away and forget what it's instructed me to do. But slowly over time, <clears throat> I, it's impacted me and changed me. I remember shortly after being married, um, I'd gone out with my friends um, for a drink on a Friday night, I think it was, or something, and had a, a real terrible hangover the next day because I drank too much and uh, my in-laws didn't know about that Um, but um, and I just remembered thinking I don't do this anymore, I remember reading it it says don't get drunk but be filled with the Holy Spirit thinking yes I don't want to get drunk anymore and from that moment on I've not got drunk, I still like a beer but I don't get drunk because it tells me not to. Swearing. <clears throat> I remember, again, I thought, yeah, it tells me not to swear. And I worked on a building site every day. I'm surrounded by it every day. <clears throat> and it was hard because no matter who you are, you are impacted by your surroundings. But I got to the stage of Realising I don't swear, I try not to swear. I need to forgive, I don't hold grudges, marked out by joy, love my enemies, I don't gossip, because it tells me in this book. Now I'm not perfect, and I slip up. But I've died to sin. I don't have to sin anymore. Sin still happens within me, but I don't have to. I, I can choose not to. Because Jesus died for my sin. And my life is in his as well. There was another time I struggled with my self-esteem. Believe it or not. I had an inferior complex about more educated, intelligent people. Having never studied at school. But God spoke to me through 1 Corinthians. He says, "For for since in the wisdom of God... 
the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. And I thought, well, the world's wise and, and he's chose to save me. So who cares what the world thinks? Romans 12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing perfect will. I was being transformed. My mind was being transformed. I didn't need to worry about what other people thought of me, where I was standing. I needed to, as long as my standing was right with God and I was living for him, he was changing me from the inside out. I have the Holy Spirit working through me when I read this book. <clears throat> when, you, when you come to read this book, pray. Pray and ask him to speak to you. That's what I do when I sit down in the morning. I open this up and I say, Lord, will you speak to me today through your word? Will you show me what you want for me today? Will you show me where you want me to go? You know, by doing that, that was the start of my journey of moving to Seven Oaks. I met with Adam. He talked to me about coming to the church. The very next day, I did what I always did before I went to work, got up, prayed, read the Bible, said, God, speak to me. Speak to me through your word. Lord, I, I'm not sure about this. I don't, I don't think this is right. But Lord, you, I want your will for my life. Do you want his will for your life? <clears throat> and then I read Genesis 35 and because I was reading my way through Genesis and God asked Jacob to go back to where he first met God and this is where I got saved so I thought well that's a coincidence I better go to work <clears throat> <laughs> but God spoke to me through his word because I said Lord speak to me and I just wonder this morning if that might help your prayer life as well by studying this book. Just as we were praying this morning, Adam just felt as well that it might be combined, that actually if you study this book, this might improve your prayer life as well. That's what I do. I, I find the best way is to seek God first and pray. Work my way through a particular book in the Bible whilst reading books like Tim Keller alongside it. Studying the Bible draws me into worship. Do you know we all worship something? It's, we just get the choice of what, what that is. When we get into this book, we get to see the whole story of God. When you get to understand it, we get to understand the kind of grand narrative of the book that God this isn't a rule book or a, a guidebook for life. It's about God. It's about his story, his creation. It's about the fall, redemption and restoration. It's about from beginning to end, God is chasing after us. That's what it's about. God is chasing after us. God is chasing after you. From beginning to end of this book, from the beginning everything was perfect, the fall of man all of mankind sinned and turned back to turned its back on God. Romans three twenty three. All have sinned, but God, in His mercy, when we come to read this book, He's been chasing after His people, His disobedient, idol worshiping people, from the beginning to the end of this book. When I study this book, I see that He saved me from my sin through Jesus paying the price on the cross. 
in putting his righteousness into me. When he sees me, he sees the sun. When he sees me, he doesn't see the mistakes that I've made this week, the slush and the slurry that I looked at when I looked out my patio door. No, he sees the sun. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. And I get to know that. I understand that when I read this word. When I study this book, it helps me be a better man. He knows there's room for improvement to be a better man. Not what the world says is a man. I used to think a man was someone who was good at sport and attractive to women and good at his job and earned money. No, when I, when I study this book, I see what a man is. Not macho. Not even the opposite, a passive, um, not getting involved man, but I, a godly man, a better husband, a better father, one who leads his wife, who loves her and wants to help her flourish, who loves his children and wants to see the best for them, who, who puts it, their needs before his, who seeks God on behalf of his family. That's what I get when I read this book. I want to be a better man. And do you know what? I am a better man when I read this book, and when I don't, I'm not a very good man. Ask my wife. We're having lunch. She's saying amen. <laughs> amen. He's not a good man. But when I spend time with him and I read this word, I seek to be a better man. Not just on my own efforts and striving, but the Holy Spirit working inside me. I want to be more like him. More like Jesus. Do you want to be more like Jesus? Read this book. And don't shape it to how it suits you. We need to come under the authority of Scripture. Because there are things in here that are tough for us. And there might be things in here that you come across that you might have to do things in your life and change. And when we study this book... It helps you with the trials and battles of this life. We are in a battle, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians. We are in a battle. Ephesians 6 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in a battle, one that we can't always see. But when you read this, you're equipped... It goes on in Ephesians, for the whole armour of God. Put the belt of truth on you. This is the belt of truth. When you go into battle, life's problems come your way. If you have this word in you, you will be equipped. When you go into battle, you have the word in you. If we could just move on to the next slide, please. I'm going to read from Matthew 4. This is when Jesus... Goes into the desert. This is Matthew 4 from verse 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God and command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, 
If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Next slide. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. See, When Jesus first met the devil here, what did he come back with him? He came back with scripture. He came back with scripture. I mean, he helped inspire it, so, you know, he was slightly an advantage. But firstly, the enemy kind of tries to misuse Psalm 91 in an attempt to kind of manipulate Jesus. But every time the, the devil comes at Jesus, he fights back with squi- scripture. Scripture, Jesus quotes, I've got to say Deuteronomy next. Deuteronomy 8, 3. Man will not live on bread alone. And we must feed ourselves. This is what it is when we read this book. We are feeding ourselves. Daily drip feed into your life. Read this book every day. Make it a priority. I don't know about you, but we can all check the TV, the news, Facebook every day. Sometimes this falls by the wayside. Daily feed yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not too good when I go without food. <laughs> Again, my wife will tell you this. Speak to her afterwards. <clears throat> but, and we can be like that when we don't feed ourselves through this book. Feed yourself. Not reading this book is, not, is like not eating, and not eating is very bad. <laughs> Fasting is good. That's a good command of Scripture. We should fast as well, but not forever. <laughs> There's lunch afterwards. <clears throat> But Jesus is our example. Get that scripture into us. Because when tough times come, when troubles come, we don't want to get blown around, but we want to get roots, deep roots in. When you've got deep roots and the winds come, you don't get blown around. Be like Jesus. Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is your weapon. Use it. Don't be flapped around in the wind. Let this take root. Let the words of God reveal who you are and who we are not. Let it penetrate to the core of your life, of your moral life, of your spiritual life. This discerns what is good and evil. The words in this book demand decisions. As I said, I realized getting drunk was not an option for me anymore. Let it shape you and change you to become more like him. Let it catch you up in God's great story of redemption and rescue and where you fit in all of it. Because you fit into his rescue plan for this nation, for this town, and for those around you. As mother-in-law said, 
in season and out of season because he saved you for a purpose because there's good news to preach. Let it shape you. Let it change you to be more like him. It should draw you into mission and draw you into him. Should we pray? Can we stand and pray? Lord Jesus, we, we come before you, King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, I, I, I pray for myself, I pray for each and every one of us here. Lord, Lord we want to be students of your word. We want to be more like you. Lord, we are not all academics. We might struggle to read, but Lord, help us get this word of God into our very souls. Lord, help us be equipped as we go into battle, as problems come our way. Lord, help us be equipped. Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning. Lord, help us. Give us ideas. um, Help us be clever about the way that works for us as we come to study, as we want to know more. Lord, we want to be drawn into you. We want to know more of you. Lord Jesus, for your glory. I pray, Holy Spirit, work through us this week as we seek to know you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, these books are here for you to, apart from this one, that's mine, you can't have that. Um, These books are here for you to borrow. Uh, We also have a library downstairs where there are books for you you can borrow that will help you understand more. If you want to know more, if you are struggling, come and speak to myself or Adam or house group leaders, people that can really help you. Next week, we will be looking at one bit of scripture. Just a moment, Annabelle. Um, We will be looking at one bit of scripture to see how we can unpack the Bible, how it can speak to us. But I encourage you, read it, and I'll see you next week. But stick around, because we're going to have food, we're going to have lunch.